0: Hi and welcome to the Perpetual Stew. I'm Matthew Goodman. And I'm Sarah Merle. And uh, this week we're going to be doing something a little bit lighter. I guess light-ish. We never do anything fully light. It's always no. shades of grey. Yeah. Um, it's sometimes it's shades of grey, sometimes it's pitch blackness of uh, I don't know, contemporary <laughs> America. But we're going to be talking about uh, uh, online dating or just dating in general and uh, also its intersection with everything from race, sex, class, all that fun stuff. Uh, but before we get to that, Sarah, what you eating and what's eating you?
1: Well, apparently I'm not eating much, Matt, because I've been working <laughs> a lot and I stepped on the scale and I dropped four pounds in about 10 days, uh, which is, um, you know, I don't necessarily believe in calories in, calories out necessarily, but if I did, that would be a 14,000 calorie deficit. <laughs> uh,
0: and uh, th- this is the place where the toxic thing to say is congratulations. Yeah, right. The, exactly. Because the real thing to say is are you okay?
1: Yeah, no. And, and by the way, I just want to say, like, that's a real fucked up thing about healing from an eating disorder. I'm going to turn yeah. my mic down just a hair because it's it's we're, 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 we're peaking, bro. I'm peaking. <laughs> um, uh, is that you heal from eating disorders, right? And you get over this idea that just, like, all weight loss is good. Like, all weight loss is healthy. And my first thought when I stepped on the scale would have for most of my life been like, Hmm. woohoo, like, (laughs) yes, victory. We love it. And I said, oh, God, I need to pack a lunch. Yeah, um, and that's a real fun. It's a real fun change on the other side of disordered eating. You know, that's
0: that's exactly the right response. And uh, the the best like sort of subtle jab at the toxic relationship that that uh, we all have to eating, or the way that media portrays eating, or we're told to, was an onion article after Anna Nicole Smith died that they published ten days after her death uh, that said Anna Nicole Smith finally hits target weight.
1: Oh my god, <laughs> I love them so much. That is. Yeah. Perfect peak onion uh, kind of along with um, my all time favorite South park episode is when Britney Spears is in the middle of her mental breakdown and they did a take on Shirley Jackson's the lottery uh, where basically Britney Spears in the cartoon blows the top of her head off. So she just has barely enough brainstem to function and they put her back to work. Right. And like the end of the the episode is all these people gathering around her taking more and more photos until she just sort of crumples to the ground and dies. Like, once again, American masterpiece Shirley Jackson, The Lottery. Please read it if you have it in middle school, which you should have. Um, but I, uh, we're all of this is sort of hurtling towards um, a central theme, right? Which is like we've been sold an incredibly. We're although we're talking about food now, we're we will be talking about dating, which is like, wow, what a narrow concept of what happiness looks like within this this little microcosm. You know, looks. Yeah.
0: And, uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, we're gonna get to that in a minute, so yeah, I mean.
1: what are you eating and what's eating you?
0: Uh, so, uh, I'm feeling a little under the weather today. Uh, you probably can't tell because I hype myself up for this shit. Um, so, uh, I just had coffee and Cape Cod potato chips. Mm -hmm. Um, so I am in my comfort zone.
1: Uh (laughs) Caffeine and refined carbs and some salt. Also,
0: I just got a, uh, you know, I was asked by a friend's, uh, daughter- what kinds of um, Girl Scout cookies I wanted So the answer was I just want one of each Just give me give me Perfect. one of each Perfect. Um, And you better win your fucking like Troops <laughs> prize Because I'm investing <laughs> in you uh, kid So uh, they came And uh, I have to say I've been eating way too many of them And the new um, The the new variety Whose name is some pun on american They're little caramel uh, Brownie cookies
1: Oh god And they're good. Oh, I bet they're amazing.
0: Yeah, they're really good. And uh, someone's like, they're bad for you. I'm just like, look, thanks to America's discovery of um, artificial scarcity, they are around one time a year. Yeah. They are the McRib of cookies. Yeah. And I'm going to fucking enjoy them. Even though I know that the scarcity is artificial, the effect on my brain is very real.
1: I was going to say, like, uh, I promise you, you know... As a person who has recovered from obsessive like when I say like I used to think about food like every minute of every day all the time like yeah. I was so deprived all the time that all I could think about was food right which like led to like a terrible cycle of binging yeah. uh so what I'm saying is just have the fucking cookies yeah. just have like just get them and have them and treat them like it's no big deal and do that with all of your forbidden foods and all of a sudden they will lose their magical mystical power over you I promise <laughs>
0: That is a lovely way to put it. And it
1: is
0: (laughs) so true. It is so true. I've been there. All right. Yeah. We've all been there. So, Sarah, you are a white woman. I am. We are both straight. So I think that there's just a a warning. We're going to come at this from sort of a heteronormative perspective because it's the experience we have. Listeners uh, who are LGBTQIA+. Please chime in with your experiences. Let us know.
1: Um, We could do a whole, like, listener. We could do, like, a whole, you know, reading listener emails about this. If, you know, you you would like to make that part of the conversation, we can have that as a whole separate episode if you want.
0: I would love that. So send us your thoughts, comments, stories, at Perps Do on Twitter. You can uh, find us on Facebook. Easier on Twitter. Um, You can even DM us. I won't mind. I know. Ooh, sexy. Uh, (laughs) So i'm just interested so when did you first start uh dating online
1: um i my so uh my high school was this little teeny tiny college prep school so there's about 100 people so i actually didn't date in high school it felt i had i have been to this i've been going to the school since pre-k so it was kind of like whoever was available was like dating my brother you know what i mean yeah um and like uh, because I grew up with an angry dad, TM, 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 um, I was just kind of afraid of men for a long time. Like, I just mm-hmm. like, in my heart of hearts, like, the kind of patriarchy that I was raised under is like that sort of like quasi Christian patriarchy that's like, no, no women's emotions are valid, but men's emotions are valid because men have successfully branded rage as not an emotion. Um, so our house kind of revolved around my dad's like fragility and like brutality and like, like super, both my parents are, I say this with all the love of my heart, they're fucking nuts, right? Like Mm -hmm. they both have undiagnosed anxiety disorder. So they come at the world from a place of fear. Yeah. So, you know, my mom raised my sister and I to come at men from a place of fear. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I didn't really earnestly start dating until I was in my, you know, I would say 20 but 21 22 23 um and that was when i first realized like i watched the movie secretary and i was like uh oh mm-hmm. like i have been awakened <laughs> and
0: <clears throat> great great movie by the way super one of the sexy ever yeah. made
1: um and also one of the most realistic portrayals of what uh, dom-sub, like, power exchange relationships are like. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so I actually started dating kind of more within, like, the kink scene, like, pretty much since my early 20s, um, which, boy, howdy, if you want to talk about heteronormativity and, like, a bunch of <laughs> toxic bullshit up in there. Um, it's getting better, but, like, <sighs> boy. Well, my um, least
0: my least favorite part of the kink scene is how boring many of them can make sex. Like, yes. having conversations with people about, like, basically carpentry and like ju- and like what kind of wood glue to use for your like sex swing like it's it's it can be very dull
1: you know the the venn diagram overlap uh of kinky people and people with the tism is yeah you know barely an eight you know what <laughs> i mean
0: uh and, and this is i actually think that um often the communication uh, in the yeah. kink scene can be quite good because that that is that is a positive side i think there are a lot of positive parts yep. um it's not my particular scene but with uh you know knowing friends including you who have participated in it there are a lot of positive parts of it but yeah. we don't want to sugarcoat it it ain't perfect
1: yeah and and you know my main complaint about online dating is as it has always been which is there's never enough time or space or you know it's it is impossible to get even a remotely accurate like mm-hmm. Uh, Encapsulation of who you are as a person Although I do think that like um, Like Every app is trying to solve this Problem like Hinge tries to solve it I think Hinge and Bumble try to solve it with You know like The woman has to match or the woman has to start Or you know start the conversation So
0: so Bumble yes the woman Has to message first um, In Bumble and on Hinge um, Generally It's much more text oriented there's it's a lot it's similar in some ways to the older apps where this people have more involved profiles and it's you're prioritized and incentivized not just to swipe on someone's picture but to send a message along with it as well so that that i'm just trying to give a little context for people who aren't familiar uh with these particular nuances
1: yeah but um You know, there's all these, the thing that drives me crazy about online dating is there are these, all these constant changing unspoken rules, right? Like, and you know, with dudes, it's like, I don't want to see your fucking fish or your car. Like, I don't give a fuck about like, I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, uh, there's, um, pretending not to be ugly by making your, um, profile picture yourself with like six other dudes. And it's like, no, Hey, no. Mm -hmm. which one are you if you are if you are insecure about like i want to just i feel like we should start this off with like women truly do not give a fuck how you look if you are handsome along with being funny that's usually for most women who are like really trying to find a partner like that's kind of a bonus right Mm -hmm. like it helps it definitely greases the greases the wheels like am i mad that my boyfriend's very good looking i certainly am not but if he was not as good looking, I would still love him as much because of how he acts and treats me, right? Yeah. And
0: Whereas also, like, you yeah. don't want to trick someone into going on a date with you. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Let, me, let me make yeah. this very clear. That, like, the response will not be like, oh, it's not the guy that I thought it was in the Where's Waldo. Yeah. But let's roll with this anyway. I want yeah. that dick. Like, that's yeah. not going to be the response. <laughs> like, they're going to feel at best soft catfished and be kind of mad about it
1: yeah and uh like let's just jump into the the sort of you know like as an asian man uh you have like a really unique experience and like i've i i feel like there's um so much that you could talk about with this like what what has your experience well i mean like there's there's i when i think about like my as a woman like my mental rubric of like how I like scattergraph score people to like if I want to go on the first date with them, like I don't know. mine is probably different. I I don't know.
0: Well, I mean, I just want to lay some basic statistics out there is that like black women and black men get the have the most trouble getting responses uh, along with Asian men yep. Asian women clean up on the other of hand course. and white men clean up. Uh, as do uh, white women are generally uh, sort of like neutralish, um, but women in general get three times as many interactions as men. So yeah. I just want to lay the groundwork that like there are where this is intersectionality at play. That if you're a woman, you're generally going to get many many more messages and interactions. But if you're a black woman, you're still going to be substantially lower yeah. than that baseline. Similarly, men get fewer interactions than women. But if you're a white man, you're going to get more than that baseline line, even though it's not going to be as high as if you were a woman. So I just want to lay that out there. And like, so I'm also like, in person, like a white acting Asian man, <laughs> yeah. right? That there are probably a lot of you out there who might not know me personally, and if you just heard my voice, you would probably not know that I'm Asian. I uh, had a music executive once tell me, uh, in a shocked and somewhat upset way, that I didn't think you looked like that oh after God. hearing your demo. Uh, oh God! Yeah, which was not a compliment, as you could imagine, and that meeting my, did not go well.
1: My friend Amber Denny, that I used to work with at Nouveau is was on the radio forever. She's like a she was like a well known radio news person. And she is a black woman who sounds very, very white. If you only heard her on the phone, but you know, she was in radio and radio, you do a lot of in-person promos. Right. And she said like, she quit doing them after a while because people would, so many people were like, Oh, and it was just like, just repeatedly experiencing this thing of someone being like disappointed or Mm -hmm. surprised or something that you're not white. And she was like, yeah, I think I'm done with this. (laughs) Yeah.
0: It's like also the, uh, the job interview thing. You send it a resume. They see Matthew Goodman. uh, They they read the resume. They're like, white dude. They do a phone (laughs) interview. They're like, white dude. We do an in-person interview. They're like, who are you? You are not (laughs) on the schedule. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So it has a particular, online dating versus in-person dating have just been vastly different experiences for me. Because while in person I present you know, as Asian, and I am in many, in in you know, physically and in, in many ways, I can still play the white part. So I have access to like white male privilege to a some degree, and that cultural capital, if I actually get to interact with the person yeah. IRL. But as, or over the text itself, like if yep. someone reads my profile and interacts with me in text, like, I don't come across in a racialized way. Yep. But as the apps have gotten more focused on pictures, um, my success has just plummeted yeah. compared to uh, what my experience had been throughout the rest of my life. And I'm saying this as someone who like first dipped into online dating in the early 2010s and then had a decade off. And then, like, it was, like, everyone was sort of new to it, and, like, people were, like, really bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and I was really successful and, like, found a wonderful relationship. And I come back a decade later, and there are just, like – I'm, like, coming onto the battlefields of World War One, like, two and a half years in, where, like <laughs> – there were no trenches when I left. Now there's trenches and body parts everywhere. It looks like the end of the world. There are people screaming. The air is toxic, like hurts to breathe. And like somebody runs by me on fire, and I'm just like, "Uh, this is still, <laughs> this is still the same place."
1: Shit! I pulled my own headphone out. I had yeah. to. I was, I was literally slapping my knee so hard. <laughs> uh, also, I think what's really it's we're so. The the like the hope that I have now is that like I find that a lot of men become increasingly frustrated with online dating because they have just really poor communication skills, just really, really poor, like no introspection whatsoever, have no experience being like, why did I react that way? Why do I react to X, Y and Z things like who who am I on like a, you know, spiritual, emotional sense? But on the flip side, like, we're still stuck in this, like you said, like, very appearance-oriented, like, sex-centric, and I don't, you know, whatever. Like, I think the thing that has surprised me the most is, like, I'm just a categorically horny person. I don't even mean that as, like, a, you know, finger-and-mouth kind of situation. I just, like, (laughs) prefer to have a lot of sex in my relationships, right? Like, and I, an idiot, thought that that's something that I could just sort of declare as a preference at the border with, like, very little... No, 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 no. Like, I didn't realize that I was sticking 20 red flags in my own helmet, even though, like, listen, I promise, not molested as a child. Like, definitely, like, not coming from a super fucked up place, just, like, kind of have always had, like, pretty high sex drive, deal with it, you know? Yeah,
0: and it, it just shapes the kinds of interactions you'll have and who yes. will interact with
1: you from yes.
0: from the get. And I, I was messaging, so I... Like, a week ago, I went on two amazing dates, and then this weekend, I went on two last dates, which sort oh. of hurt, right? Yeah. But, no, for a man, that's part of it. For everybody, that's part of the game, learning yeah. to deal with it. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But, like, one of them, we are friends. And we were just, like, we are legit going to stay friends. It's it's quite lovely, actually. Um, And I just want to note, this isn't a friend zone thing. It's actually just, like, nice, I found a friend. I didn't find what I, what, what I thought I was going to get, but yeah. here is this here's this awesome thing and she was and i was we were talking about dick pics and i'm like not a single time in my life unsolicited i have just gone you know what this person needs they just need a picture of my dick
1: you know what's gonna tip this right in my favor i think yeah
0: yeah like and i have to say she said like it's a dominance thing right um but but as a woman, like, what is your response if you just get an unsolicited picture of some dude's junk?
1: I don't get, like, disturbed by it the way a lot of people do. However, like, it truly makes me feel sad for you. And yeah. the reason is that I'm like, wow, of there are... You know, I I think of my personality as a as a you know Encyclopedia Britannica of a million things that I could tell you that I'm like interested in and working on, and you looked in your library and you saw f- two free Encarta CDs that you forgot to return to the library and empty shelves galore and your penis and you're like, well, dick it is then. Yeah. <laughs> that's a
0: really I I love that. That's a great way to put it because like I do not have ever pretty much run out of things to have a conversation about. It's one of the yep. reasons why I get dates. Despite the fact that the deck is stacked against me, I still do pretty well. Yep. And the reason is, is that my... I actually re- used the Encarta CDs for what <laughs> they were meant for when I was a child. And I learned a lot about ancient Egypt that way. Um, they had fun little like uh, uh, animations back in the day, especially y'all for, like... Even,
1: y'all yeah. don't even know.
0: It was so good. Um <laughs> And um, the dick isn't in, isn't there. It's not an option. And the reason is, from my point of view, the goal of this interaction is to enter into an IRL interaction. And then maybe to do things that will make you like me enough that you would not, you don't want to see a picture of it. You want the actual, you know dick like the real yeah. thing and if i send you an unsolicited picture that lowers the probability of the actual goal
1: yes so like it's not an option guys i just want to say also like four things when i was pursuing purely hookups like just like yeah. bang it out see you later uh i did occasionally ask for a dick pic because that is the point
0: like solicited solicited is i was gonna say
1: like like yeah the the key point being that i asked uh which like uh, the other thing is that like it is okay to say that you would it, it is okay on your profile to say like you would eventually like to end up in a relationship right like you know but not declaring the fact not being honest about what you actually want from these interactions Mm -hmm. can be one of the most ruinous things. And I mean that like go to therapy to figure out what you want from that interaction. Like, I'm not just saying like sit around and like contemplate with your fucking spiral bound notebook (laughs) and deep thought. I mean, like, like
0: Lord Byron, that shit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, if you're, if you're getting on dating apps, like I, you know, I see this all the time. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Let's just start telling stories, bitch. Yes. Uh, last November I went on one date with this finance bro who was very good looking, but, uh, no, it was, uh, December. It was December because he had just gotten out of a relationship and he kept, kept talking about this girl, which was Uh also really interesting because from everything that he said that he likes in women and everything that he described this person, it's like, Bro, you were getting married based on sunk cost fallacy, and then you just went through with it anyway and then are now in the middle of a fucking annulment, like, less than a year later, right? And a lot of these guys who are terrified of being alone, of just, like, taking fucking five minutes, being alone in an empty house for, you know, 12 solid months, right? Like, Mm -hmm. one monastic year of, like, who am I? Uh, so they jump right back on the dating apps and they are not healed. They are not ready. Like, you know, I see way, way, way more men leapfrog from relationship to relationship mm-hmm. with this fear of being alone than I've ever seen of women. I don't know where that comes from because I have it's, it's nearly been a male experience for me
0: because <laughs> men are raised to be babies.
1: I Giant mean, yeah.
0: overgrown babies who can't take care of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, and this the other is why th- men also do poorly after divorce or after uh their spouse dies, they yeah. literally like don't know how to cook, don't know how to yeah. clean,
1: don't know how all the taxes
0: got done. Yep.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, I had this conversation with my with my boyfriend uh, a couple days ago, which is like I thought for a long time that I didn't want to be married. When the truth was, I didn't want a typical heterosexual yeah. marriage where I, as a wife, act as like household project manager, basically, like, you know, that I take on the functioning of the household, like my own mom did, who had plenty of fucking work, like she had her businesses, she had like, you know, she ran a restaurant during the time that she was also being a super mom to two small kids and taking care of our house, like, um, you know, I just didn't, like, I think what a lot of where we're at right now that makes online dating particularly tricky is what you were raised with is comfortable, right? Like what mm-hmm. you were raised with is what, you know, problem is a bunch of us were raised in like really fucked up, emotionally immature, like completely unequal environments, you know? Yeah. And you go, go ahead.
0: I also think that um, dating is just very different now uh, mm-hmm. than it used to be that we, there's, there's this term called a sort of dating, but essentially yep. People who are, are dating and getting married to people who are much more similar to them than they used yes. to be. So instead of like a lawyer marrying his secretary, which might have happened in the past, now the lawyers are marrying each other,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Assorted of mating. And um, what I find interesting is that, you know, the, a lot of the women who are attracted to me are, are uh, professionals, very career oriented, um, very successful, educated. This is wonderful it becomes an issue between both of our schedules finding yep. the space for the actual relationship yeah and as i get older people have are farther in their careers and have gotten very used to having their career take up the entirety of their life basically yep. so it seems and speaking of some costs it feels like a waste in some ways to them or like an attack on on feminism to carve out space in their life for, for this relationship. And I yeah. totally, totally get that. Um, and at the same time, I, I don't want my partner to give up any of their dreams, but at the same time, but and I am very willing to carve out space in my life for them because I have no dreams. I've given up on hope. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. That's obviously not true, Um, but I see why, especially why this sort of dynamic we're told we're sp- our partner is supposed to be our equal in every possible way yep. defined very narrowly. Yep. Right. It, along these professional terms, as opposed to like emotional or spiritual or intellectual, or whatever it might be um, that we wind up in that often we wind up in places where the reason we are not finding the relationship that we want is because we're not making the space for the relation for what it takes to have a successful relationship yeah. uh in our lives and I think it 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 worries me. It worries yeah. me as someone who has had successful relationships. I see this happening over and over with a lot of the women I go on a few dates with. Um and the the reason is generally like I was told by one woman like I need someone who adds to my life who doesn't take away from it, which is good in theory. But what that actually meant was I need to spend as much, just as much time on my relationship and all the things that I normally, uh, on my career and all the things I normally do and then fit you in sort of around the edges. Yep. And like, with all all due respect to uh, this particular young woman who's lovely, um, I don't think that's going to be particularly easy to find, especially with the kind of person she is looking for.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, What's also really frustrating uh, from where I sit as a person who chose to have – chose not to have kids, like, affirmatively because it seems like such a fucking raw deal for mothers, for birthing people who give birth, um, is that, like, I know multiple women very close to me who – took on leadership roles and their male partners took on leadership roles. And then they had a kid and they gave up their leadership roles to be be able to be a more present parent when that's not something that their male partners like considered. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and (laughs) in the case of a family member of mine, she was in a leadership position uh, uh, over young people, like people entering the profession. Right. So she passed us off to a man who, just doesn't give a fuck about it and is constantly asking her to pick up the slack. So she's like, I'm, I'm not doing it. And yet I'm, I somehow I'm still doing it. Right. (laughs) The,
0: the, the funniest one I got was uh, talking to someone who wanted basically someone to take over the primary child caring responsibility. If you have children, those things. And then, which I'm totally fine with, like, I looked at Benny Benny's great with kids. If I ever need a minute, I can probably just strap the kid to Benny and Benny will just care for that baby better than I ever could. We'll snuggle uh, the hell out of it, right? Yeah. Um, and there was a pause. And then she was like, but I don't think I'd be attracted to a man who'd be willing to do that.
1: Oh my God. Oh my God. I hear this. I hear this so often hmm. and it makes me want to rip my hair out. Hmm. Yeah. This is maddening this Mm. is exactly the hanging on to that like weird old mask shit and and not being willing to like listen my current boyfriend is the first he i i i can't call him a soft man he's not soft but like he's he loves being a parent right like Mm -hmm. he loves being a primary caretaker he loves doing things like cooking right like he loves taking a lot of those roles that we used to assign as like female or code is female or whatever mm-hmm. and it is so sexy to me which i can't i don't know if that would be true mm-hmm. 10 years ago right like i don't know if that would be true with earlier versions of myself who were still hanging on to that like really really patriarchal indoctrination right um and the older I got and the more my, the more difficult my life became just in terms of like responsibility and time expenditure, mm-hmm. you start looking at that like, Oh, now that's now that's something.
0: Yeah. And now, it, it's, it's funny because I think that this is some place where men and women, straight men and women need to work together on this. And it, yep. there's a lot of a conversation. And I think true that men, that straight men need to work on themselves. 100%. Toxic masculinity is a real thing. Like, but I have to say, being a man who is more emotionally available and willing to like sacrifice professionally for those things, it is not rewarded in the dating marketplace nope. at all, at all. You are like actively punished for sending out those signals. Yep. And if women want men to do those things, with all due respect, like, you can't hold the double standard here. Like you need no. to actually follow through on this. Like, yeah. Um, and, and otherwise, g- you know, the Jordan Peterson's and Andrew Tate's of the world are still going to like be able to sell their alpha bullshit or is it Sigma now? Their Sigma grind set bullshit. Right. Um, yeah. Because there are some rewards. And I have to say personally, when I was younger, I was much more of just an open a-hole. Like yeah. <laughs> I was just. Oh, weren't we all? Yeah, like I just like didn't pay that much attention to signals. I was much more sexually aggressive. Um I just like and I was much more successful. Yeah. Much 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 more successful. Um and I am not proud of that. Mm. I per- made an open choice and a conscious choice to be like let's not do that. But Can I just say
1: that that was during every single one of my friends that during that exact age that you said had dumped a guy during the time because he was too nice. Yeah. Which I just want to say, like, everybody is dishing out their own emotional dysfunction. So it doesn't surprise me that during that age group, (laughs) you were much more successful because that's the time that women are like, oh, he's so mean and dangerous. Like, no, he's just mean.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing that, like, I had one woman tell me is just like, "Eh, I just get friend vibes for you because I just wasn't pushing. And the thing is, is that, like, I get that because I think that the foundation of any successful relationship is friends. Yeah. And, like, I don't feel the urge to, like, try to pressure you faster than you're giving signals yeah. Um, that, that you're comfortable with. And the response I often get from that is, but I want him to push me. But I'm just like, you realize as a guy, this puts you in a double bind. Yes. Right? So... It's just, it, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm saying, I understand people, you know, whatever, whatever your yum is, I get that. But I do think at the same time, we all have to take, we, I have taken responsibility for changing the way that I interact with other people um, and being much more open and intentional about where I am. Like if I like someone, I'm just like, Hey, I really like you. Let's have a second date. And yep. that has been, I have, that's been characterized as needy or pushy before. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, and um, which cracks me up, and which (laughs) I'm just like, well, I guess I can't win here. Um, but when I was much more of an a hole, I didn't say I really liked you, I was just like, I I was just much less emotionally available and just like, you know, just pushed for sex over everything else. Yeah, that somehow was more, uh, was more a more successful strategy. So I'm just saying, like, there are men definitely need to work on themselves but i don't think this is a one-way street i think that you're going to find a lot more men willing to do that work if there's like a carrot (laughs) yeah yeah
1: (laughs) yeah. Yeah. well and you can't like you know by the way my other tiktok account got suspended again so i'm like starting over again from 115 so whatever (sighs) we'll we'll figure it out uh but uh, tiktok is full of a lot of women in their 40s getting divorced from somebody who they used to find the fact that their husband was an emotional idiot and just kind of a you know sit around dipshit was like kind of charming in like a weird seth rogan early 2000s kind of way yeah um and then you know you get like life gets really fucking hard right yeah. like my friend group and I have this phrase and I encourage everybody else to adopt it and it is life is short and long which is all the good stuff happens real fast and all the terrible things take forever right so if you're gonna do things you might as well do things that multiply your joy or cut your sorrow so it's it's sunk cost fallacy is one of the most brutal and effective um, ways that we get ourselves to keep doing something that doesn't serve us. Right. Cause we've yeah. just fucking done it for so long. Right. And I was telling Matt before we got on here that I kind of had to have a little come to Jesus meeting mm-hmm. with somebody that used to be like kind of a hookup friend of mine who like, you know, keeps me on the back burner. One of those, like, you know, is, is finally dating, right. Like went for a long period without dating, but is, you know, on the list of girls he's taken out for dinner. It ain't me. Right. Yeah. So, and I just said, like, I can't, I can't expend this emotional energy anymore. Like this doesn't serve me. It doesn't do anything for me. Like it's pointless titillation that doesn't end. So it's just, it's just blue walls for no reason, right? Yeah.
0: It was very Anthony Weiner, not Elliot Spitzer. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, it's, it was very Weiner. It was yeah. very Weiner. Let's put it that way. Um, and, you know, I, I wish everybody would go to therapy, right? And like really mm-hmm. figure out, why you want the things that you do, right? Like I want a lot of the things I do in relationships because my dad is a scary, was a scary guy, right? Like mm-hmm. he's a fucking old man now, but like as a, little, as a little girl, this adult man was very scary. So I really, I used to, when I, before therapy, used to go after men who gave me that dangerous feeling because that mm-hmm. felt like home, right? Like mm-hmm. that's what I was used to. Go to a bunch of fucking therapy Uh, Now I look for men who are safe, who feel safe, who, you know, and by the way, like, to everyone who hasn't gone to therapy, you have this thing in your mind that once a man feels safe, he stops being sexy. And I'm telling you, that's your trauma talking. Um, Because once you get past that, like, a man who can say, like, I'm getting upset, and I need to walk away from this conversation before I say something I don't mean, right? Like, sometimes life gets really boring and we like to think that creating fights or drama or something like that's passion we confuse dysfunction for passion a lot of the times yeah um and then once you've gone through these cycles of pointless ego-driven fragility-driven arguments you know by the time that you're 40 and you're 10 years in you're like I have, if I had spent this much time at CrossFit, I could pick up a fridge by myself. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs>
0: yeah. I was going to say that, like, uh, I also, my, my parents' relationship was, you know, very uh, contentious. They fought all the time. Yeah. And I thought that's what passion and love looked like. So, you know, my early relationships had a lot of that sort of conflict and heartache. It was very roller coastery. y um, But I made a deliberate choice not to engage in that, right? And I had one partner break up with me once because... I wouldn't get mad with her. Um, and it made her wonder if I actually really loved her.
1: Oh my God. Oh my God. I've said, I have said word for word, almost that exact thing. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> God. Oh my God. We're so embarrassing being a person. So embarrassing. Yeah. And it
0: was just like confusing. Yeah. Cause I'm just like the thing that I learned I didn't want is now the thing I'm being told I should do, but I like emotionally will not go to this place. Right. Um, because I experienced it as so destructive. Um, and it's funny because like, I think, I think you're right that like, because we model our relationships, both for things we want and we don't want, uh, off of, of what we've seen before. Um, it makes it it makes it hard often to break patterns that we know on some level to be wrong. Like for oh, yeah. example, like um, <laughs> there are you know there are questions now for all these uh, uh, dating sites, and so OkCupid publishes a lot of their data, and like only ten percent of users now openly profess a racial bias, right? Hmm. Just ten percent. It's actually gone down over time, right? Yeah. Um, it's gone from two thousand eight. To 27, from 27% in 2008 um, to 20, uh, 2014, only 10% said they'd be willing to date someone uh, who was openly racist. I do want to note, though, 35% of users as of 2014, um, 35% of users prefer to, keep, to date within their race, which has gone down, but that's what they say they will, yeah. right? And the difference is what actually happens yeah. right and i want to note there's a big racial split 85% of people of color happy to date outside their race only 65% of white people are are prefer to date outside their race and like only 4% of people think that interracial marriage is a bad uh is a bad thing the problem is the vast majority of messages as we talked before like the the the, the sorry disproportionate number of messages are going to Asian women, white men, white women. And so while we say consciously, someone might say consciously, I don't want this. I want that. I want to be less racist. I want someone who's nice to me. In our actual behavior, it doesn't always line up.
1: Right. Well, and, you know, when when I think about, like, you know, I have overwhelmingly also dated white men with, like, you know, Middle Eastern, Asian, South Asian, like, I don't know if I've ever dated a black man. I've dated a biracial man, but like, you know, not like a black man. Uh, but like part of that is, uh, you know, you think about your family and your extended family and like, you're not only carrying your own biases, but like you're carrying the biases of your extended family. Yeah. And have uh, for having a family member who married outside of, of our collective whiteness uh, and, and seeing how she was treated both, at the beginning of the marriage and at the end by our whole family, like the marriage failed for violence reasons, not hers. And it was not talked about. And in the ways that it was talked about, it was, I mean, obviously it was an incredibly racist, but also victim blaming way. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. so like, of course, it ha- of course it's an individual bias thing, but the bias like as I was just saying, like you you carry the bias of your community, right? So if you're in a small town America or whatever, like you know, at that point in small town America where you might have like literal members of the KKK who might burn a cross on your lawn, like at that point, it's not really about your bias; it's about your family safety. You know what I mean? Your future mm-hmm. family safety.
0: Yeah, we actually see this men are generally more willing to date outside their race. Women are much more likely to want to stay within their race. You can see for black women. Yeah. It's often much safer. Yeah. Right? Um to date within their race. And like I get that. Um and it's funny cuz like Asian women for example are much preferred by all races of men except Asian men. Um mm. and yeah. There are some potential reasons for this, although one that always struck me as interesting is that because Asian women are so highly desired and fought over, um a lot of Asian men don't think they'll have a chance, so they don't even mm. bother spending the time right. um so i think I think there's some some aspects of that, but like it it is funny because I've actually had relatively decent success with Asian women for the first <laughs> time in my life, and it's partially because so few Asian men message them, so it's like
1: wild, huh?
0: yeah. Yeah, and they're just like yeah, uh, and uh, sometimes the Asian men say things like, "I don't think women should drive." Uh, it's just like I'm not. <laughs> By the way, not a good pickup line.
1: No, nope. uh,
0: for anybody, any race, anywhere. Um, yeah,
1: leave that yeah. one. Leave that one behind. Leave that yeah, one in the back. Very,
0: it's very Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I think that I, I think the biggest thing I keep coming back to is that like w- you and i talk a lot about like doing the work like going to therapy working this stuff up trying to align your uh what you understand intellectually with how you feel emotionally and then how you act in the world you know i think that um we talk a lot about how many people could benefit from this not just our parents but also people like yeah. sam alito um <laughs> if anyone's needed therapy it's probably sam alito um so <laughs> Oh I I, feel
1: like,
0: I really struggle to think of someone who needs it more than Sam. Milito, I mean, besides, now that besides take a moment to reflect.
1: Besides Clarence Thomas, maybe like they could go together. Maybe they get a two for one. They get a package.
0: <laughs> uh, they can go to couples therapy. Yeah, I, I, I would like that. And you know what? I think Netflix should make a documentary <laughs> about it. I think it would it would do really really well uh, on the platform. Um,
1: Can I, can I uh, also like, so my experience is not racial, but I do have, I'm a woman with a larger body. Right. But like, Mm. but, but also uh, my larger body fits the shape of a conventional figure. Mm. It's just bigger. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I'm a little bit more muscular. I've, I've been called a muscle mommy by (laughs) men on online. Uh, oh, uh, is it good,
0: good or a bad thing.
1: Well, I'm still I'm still figuring that out personally. Yeah. But um, what's really interesting and like when I'm when I'm made up, I look pretty good. Um, <laughs> But when I'm not made up, right, like I look like kind of a street urchin like I do now. But but what's really interesting to me about about dating in the body that I have is that like the people who are attracted to it are like mm-hmm. break down my door level attracted to it but on the flip side when you reject somebody Mm -hmm. who really likes your body that is not considered conventionally attractive is then they feel very empowered to Uh. say some of the most dehumanizing horrific terrifying gross shit that has ever 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 been said to me and that's the one thing that like men are so scary sometimes like yeah. men are so fucking scary sometimes in the way that like, like, you know, I've told this story maybe on this podcast before, but like I was on the Chicago, the, the Chicago CTA and this guy pulled my headphone out and I was like, and because I didn't want to talk to him, he was like laughing and flirting and like, but you could feel the tense, you know, the ha ha mm-hmm. ha, ha, ha 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 you know, uh, and then he threatened to pull me off the train and rape me to give me a better attitude. Jesus Christ!
0: Okay, can I can I share something? Sure. So, best piece of advice I can give for men: when you get turned down, take a take a moment. I took twenty four hours. I got texted basically, and like we had some great dates. Not interested. Yeah. Right. And it, it was nicer than that. So I took a day. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote and I am I'm doing this so that for pe- men out there who need like a template, like I wor- I've i worked on this basic template over a period of time. It generally goes well, like people have thanked me for taking it so well and yeah. be, and like not freaking out like that guy. I said I wrote, quote, thank you for the directness and honesty. While I am disappointment, it was lovely getting to meet you. Best of luck in all your endeavors. And please give insert dog's name a belly rub for me. Period. Perfect. Right? So you don't – if a lot of me- people are get upset about ghosting, people ghost for a lot of reasons. And one of the reasons is people do terrifying shit yep. when they feel rejected and hurt.
1: Like right? yep. terrifying when, shit. I, I understand people's – I understand everybody's frustration with being ghosted. It does suck. Like it. it's confusing too because you always want to – like personally, I want to know like – What I could do, like if I accidentally like upset somebody or, you know, you know, whatever came off like an asshole or something, you know, it's never bad to hear that, but men are scary. And Mm -hmm. if you are mad, if you are a man who's mad at a woman for ghosting you, that's a completely legitimate frustration. But please understand that like, I've had women politely turn men down who then came to their job and said, why won't you be with me?
0: Yep. And that's exactly why. And. I want to normalize taking a moment and then replying kindly to each other yeah. because everyone is sort of terrified yeah. <laughs> and we can all be less scared. Cause you know, I am terrified when I reject someone because I've had two people react in very, very negative ways um, in ways that were very, very scary. And I was scared, but I was scared to the point where I was like, Texting friends, multiple friends in the morning and at night to let them know I'm okay, yep. and if I don't text you in the morning, call the police. Yeah. Right here's the number and a photo of the person who probably took me, you know, or <laughs> murdered me or something like that. Right, no one wants to have to do that. Um, also, I am lucky that I have friends I can I can do that with. But like, it's also a kindness for you because it's in sending the message. You're also letting it go. Yeah. And I, I want to talk, uh, I want to, sorry, I want to circle back to the body stuff, that I want to say I have dated with two very different bodies. Yeah. Okay. So the initial body that I dated with, I was playing soccer all the time. I was 120 to 125 pounds and like six pack, like ripped as fuck. Right. Yep. And now I've dated with a body in my late thirties that is almost twice the size of the previous body. Yep. Um, And so, and I often look at pictures of myself and they look like two different people. And often they feel like two different people. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And the experiences have been just vastly different, vastly, vastly different. And I think every time, one of the best pieces of advice I ever heard was from a a woman who was talking uh, about body positivity. And she said, if you ever feel bad about a certain aspect of your body, like, Google that, like put that into a porn, into like Pornhub, whatever you hate about yourself, like your big ass or your small tits or whatever it is, right? Someone, there are people out there who think that's the hottest thing about you. Yep. Right. And you don't want someone, right, who doesn't want you. I just, I want to make that really clear that like, I will never have the body that I had when I was playing soccer all the time. I never will. And I can't, like, I medically can't ever get there again. Yeah. And I could get really pissed about it. Or I could find people who love the body that I have now. Like, those are essentially my options.
1: And- All women, by the way, know the code, by the way, the guys that if you think you're being slick, whenever you put like on your profile, like you want a woman who takes care of herself, you want a woman who goes to the gym, like you want a woman who's thin. Like I, I, we get it. I get it. Like we understand, we, we hear what you're saying. Uh, but yeah, man, I wish that I could go back in time. You know, I figured that out real quick when I started having sex, you know, I lost my virginity at 19, figured that out real quick that like. I always had bad sex when I tried to fuck people who I knew wanted me to be thinner. And I had really good sex with people who liked Mm -hmm. my body, who liked me thick as a double cheeseburger. Right. And, uh, it's always, it's always a really something that I'm really, really conscientious of when meeting people is either people who, um, I really liked this guy. I dated this guy a couple of years ago, who in the short time that I dated him, I realized that he had a pretty severe eating disorder Um, And he had been bigger before and he lost a bunch of weight. Um, And then I was over at his house while he was making his lunch like the next morning to go to work. And he (laughs) he put a microwaved grilled chicken breast inside a wheat tortilla with no with no fat cheese and spinach. And uh, it was like it fit in like one of those snack baggies. You know, what I mean, Mm -hmm. like it was so small. Um, And I had the night before I had brought over chicken, chicken barbella. Um, and I had watched, he was horrified that I had brought in bone and chicken thighs, which the caloric difference between thighs and breasts is like, not that much. Um, and well, thighs taste better. Yeah, exactly. They're goddamn delicious. I, all I had brought was chicken and a Caesar salad. So it was like a low carb. Mm-hmm. He told me he doesn't he doesn't love carbs. I said, mm-hmm. fine, you do you, I'll bring low carb food and some asparagus with a little parm and lemon, right? Like yeah. very, very healthy meal. He was horrified that I had brought thighs and, When I dished it out to him, he said, I just want the smallest one. And they immediately peeled the skin off of it. Right. Like he was, we call that orthorexia, which is like an obsession with healthy eating, like obsessive healthy eating. Um, And he talked about gaining weight as if it's like the worst possible thing that could happen to a person. And he was really kind to me. He really liked my fat body. He really liked my, like, you know, my double rump kiss. It made me sad to be near him. Yeah. And I liked, I really liked him as a person. And I really felt like I was like feeling something big time. And then it yeah. was just like, wow, I can't be with someone who has this relationship to with food in their bodies. And because yeah. I'm, if I'm going to, I wish more people thought about relationships as they're supposed to be, which is forever, right? Like yeah. a lot of people accept things that are really unhealthy or an unhealthy dynamic because they think like, oh, you know, I'm just having fun right now. And then it's a year and a half later, and now you are in sunk cost fallacy, and there's this thing that you fucking hate about your partner that they probably are not going to change. Yeah.
0: And there are things about them that you like that might change. Yeah. Right? But there are at most aspects other than, like, dementia or Alzheimer's, which is one thing that's terrifying about them. Like, who they are, how they treat you, you know, how they make you feel. Yeah. Those things don't change. No. Right? Right? They might gain yep. weight, lose weight, you know, they might get hair, lose hair, whatever, right? But, like, the way they look at you, right, the way they hold your hand, right? Yeah. Those things don't. Those those things no. don't. And, like, you know, I, the the woman I ended up friends with, she's just, like, the vibe is a friend vibe. I'm, like, cool. All right. Yeah. That's a pretty good vibe. Yeah. And, like, and then she's, like, do you still want to see the movie? Because we had tickets for uh, Bo is Afraid. Mm. And I want to note, "Bo is Afraid" is three hours long. Fuck. So if I were f- pissed off or freaked out, this was going to be deeply uncomfortable for both <laughs> of us. Uh, but no, we we went in, ate some Girl Scout cookies that we snuck in, um, and uh, watched a absolute mindfuck of a film. Yep. For three hours and had a great time as yep. friends, and it was awesome. And then we both walked out like. Ah, uh, what was that about? <laughs> <laughs> and then we we're we are still talking about it. then we both googled when we got home. What is it about? And then we're texting each other, like no one else know what, knows what it's about either. Um, and so, like, I think that like part of loving other people is loving yourself enough yeah. in that moment when you can like freak out or whatever, just be like, you know, like. I'm pretty great. We get along, maybe not in the way that I had hoped. Let's just enjoy the time we have.
1: And I, uh, on the subject of like, be, quote unquote, being friends or staying friends or whatever it is, like, nothing pisses me off more than that phrase, right? Because I I, I have overall very good civil, at a distance relationships with with men that I dated. A handful mm-hmm. of them became my real friends, like yeah. my real friends. Like, and I mean, like, friends that I text, ask for advice, like, you know, we trade yard work tools, like, I've met, you know, one of them got married to the nicest fucking woman and he, like, we, not only did we not have, like, romantic chemistry, but he, like, wanted a wife and a kid, and I was like, oh, well, nope. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, and now, but, but what, what, what pisses me off when straight guys say, like, oh, I just want to be friends, it's like, I need you to be real fucking clear about what that means. Like, yeah being friends having a friendship is still a relationship right like it's still something that requires a certain amount of effort you cannot stay attracted to me or think of me as somebody that you might be able to bang down the road like you know like the guy that i had to have the we can't we can be friends or we can flirt but we cannot say you can't call me your friend and then say like i want you to ride my dick tonight and then also (laughs) not then invite me over right like which
0: by the way if you're gonna say that please like have the intention of actually following through with it.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and. Be Elliot Spitzer. not Anthony. Wiener. Yeah. Be, thank you. Be Elliot Spitzer, not Anthony Weiner. Get the dick out. Don't yeah. just send me a picture of the dick. Get the dick out. Let me, let me enjoy it as well. Yeah. Um. And. If you Say. I want to stay friends with you, but what you actually mean is I don't want you to be mad at me. Mm -hmm. Then don't be a fucking dickhead during the time that you date. That's pretty straightforward. Like, uh, and if you actually want to be friends, then what I always say is like, if you've actually been dating for a while and you want to go back to being friends, you do need some time alone. You need some time where you don't talk to each other. Yeah. Um, I had this experience where I, a guy broke it off with me. He just like, didn't have we didn't have those feelings anymore. And I let myself believe that I could just immediately go to back to a platonic friendship Yeah, and it was painful. It hurt. Like yeah. it hurt to sit there and want that person in that way. And then just be like, haha, Okay. Bye. Like everything about this was great. <laughs> and then what I should have done yeah. is said like, we can be friends. Give me about six months to like, forget that you exist. And then we can yeah. come back and try this again. Right.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's like a total reset. And like, mm-hmm. and if you're the person who still harbors feelings, I think it's really important, like, and let's say it's ambiguous. Maybe it's just timing. It's like now isn't good. Let's be friends. I want to stay in touch, but now isn't good, right? I think that as as the person who's more interested and open, the way I always approach it is like, I'm treating this as a platonic friendship. I will never broach the topic of romance again. Yep. If you end up in a different place, you have to come to me, right? And then- I just put that out of my mind and the probability is it's never going to happen. Yeah. So just say, push that out. And then like, maybe they'll come to you and you're not in the place. That's fine. Cause I have friendships where like the other person was into me, but I wasn't ready. And by the time I was ready, they weren't ready anymore. And it's just like, okay, so the timing didn't work out. We're still great friends. It was the first zoom wedding I ever, uh, ever uh, got to be part of. Her husband's great. They have a kid. Um, mm. And like, it's lovely to watch from afar. And it's not like something, like some great love of my life, like the the one got away. It's yeah. more just like, life is messy. Life happens. This person's awesome. Enjoy them in whatever capacity they can be in your life. And, and if and, the answer is, they can't be in your life in a yes, good way. thank you. That's okay too.
1: Yes. I was just going to say like, it doesn't make you, like there are a couple people in the world that I am sick over now. I will be sick over every day for the rest of my life. If I let them have any entrance in my life, I I will think about them. I, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and they're not the one that got away. They're that, they're that chemical person. That's just like the ultimate key in my lock, right? Like we would have a terrible relationship. Like I would hate being in a real relationship with them. Right. But like, if I allow, if I allow them into my sight, like, yeah if I allow myself to follow them on Instagram, if I allow myself to like keep their number, like, you know, I I have to delete their number. It's not even blocking them because they're never going to contact me, right? Like I have to delete the evidence that they existed. And I wish more people had more compassion for themselves on that front because for some reason, that's one of those things that gets bound up in the, I should be able to do this or like, you know, I should be, I should be, I should be. Well, you can't. Like Mm -hmm. you can't, and you deserve to, as, as somebody who let myself get hung up on somebody such that people who would have loved me way more and treated me so much better, passed me by just quit. I, 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 am I'm, I'm, this is a message back to my former self. I love you. I love you. And I understand why you're doing this. Please stop. I'm begging you.
0: (laughs) I always think of it as like, you know, like the asteroid that wiped out the dinosaurs, Like there was light and there was heat and it was explosive, but it also, you know, killed most, you know, sentient life on the planet. But imagine if that asteroid then went away and then came back like 30 million years (laughs) later and was like, hey, want to do this again?
1: (laughs) Uh,
0: (coughs) Love yourself enough to be like, "Uh uh-uh, not this
1: time. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is my vital public service announcement. Good dick is a prison. Good <laughs> dick will get you to do things. Good dick will get you to do things. Like, before you go into your nine goddamn in the morning office job, because they're fucking line cook, they'll be like, hey, would you like to drink a Tall Boy of PBR on the porch at 7 a.m. before I go into the brunch shift? And he'll be like, yeah. And then you get to go into work with a buzz and then just deal with that how that life choice echoes in the chamber,
0: you know? Because your office job has different requirements than Mm -hmm. being a line cook. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And different yeah. And like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just someone who doesn't like, maybe I just have bad memory. It's like, I've had good, I've had all different types of sex, right? Mm -hmm. But generally the best sex I'm having is the sex that I'm having right now. <laughs> right. Does that make sense? Right? Uh
1: kind of I do I <laughs> I feel uniquely disqualified here because uh well, it doesn't How about this? Before I met this man, I could not asian squat with my heels on the ground mm. and certainly not for 30, 40, 50 minutes. Now I can Asian squat with my heels on the ground for 30 or 40 or 50 minutes, so.
0: Fitness tips. Yeah. Right? I mean, I have to say, by the way, sex is one of the best full body workouts that you can get. So mm-hmm. I'm just saying, you know, CrossFit, sure, people love that. But have you tried fucking? i <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> but no, seriously, the, like, I don't romanticize, like, the the relationships that i had before they have their ups and downs their good points and their bad points right but like one good thing was like when you like miss someone one good thing that i do sometimes is just remember the worst that person ever made you feel (laughs) right
1: yeah that's a really good one
0: i'd be like no there was a reason yeah there's a reason why that's not happening anymore um
1: Especially because, if, yeah. if it's a chaotic person and you kind of miss the chaos, which is kind of its own fuckery, you know?
0: Oh, dear God, I do not miss the chaos. <laughs> I thought, I was like, yeah, like, I look at that that version of myself and I was just like, <laughs> you hated it then? You're yeah. just too stupid to know that that wasn't what every relationship was yep. supposed to be like? Same. You know, and that person, like, that person to me, I'm going to be honest, they're my, they're my asteroids. Yeah. Right. They're my meteor. Um. And we recollided like two years afterward, and it was fucking terrible. Yeah. Right. And I learned my lesson. I'm just like, uh, uh-uh. uh. Yeah. Uh, uh-uh. uh. I was healing. Now I got to go back to square one. <laughs> like, this was a terrible idea. You got mad at me and sent me the wrong way on the highway, and this was before smartphones, so I drove the wrong way for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and like. Then I got a speeding ticket because I was upset, and it was just like, like th- this was bad all around. And then literally, like I'm driving home to my parents, uh, even though I'm in college at the time, and I'm like have class the next day. I just needed to see mom and dad for, a
1: yeah, minute,
0: you know, Aww. and uh, and that's when I'm just like, I've had two mass extinction events. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna have a third.
1: I also I also wish uh, if I could go back and tell myself something, um, which this goes back to like this sort of 90s fat phobia that you and I like Mm -hmm. went through, um, which is like because I grew up in a family full of people with eating disorders who thought that like if they weren't thin, like their life was over, but then talk to fat people as if they weren't thin, their life was over. Like, I just assumed that I was kind of disqualified from having like a relationship where someone loved me back. Right. Mm -hmm. So like because of my parents weird, you know, fucked up, uh, emotional abuse. Like I sought out avoidant unavailable people. Right. Like, and that was a decade of my life that was heartbreaking for no reason. Like, uh, one of my, I love an alcoholic asteroid. I love an alcoholic extinction event. I love the chaos of it. I love that sometimes you have screaming fights that they don't even remember the next day. Like, you were not drunk, so you remember every terrible thing that you said to each other, but they were blacked out. So, like, they're just like a goldfish. They wake up and it's a new day. Yeah, I loved that kind of chaos. And I wish I could go back to a previous version of myself and say not only are you worthy of just like normal peaceful relationships like right from the jump um but i know this feels so exciting like it feels like kind of a game Mm -hmm. like my favorite game to play with the last like severe alcoholic that i dated um who was a painter as well as being a (laughs) chef um, is sometimes he would call me for essentially like just an earlier in the evening booty call, right? Like he was just mm-hmm. timing it out with when he was. I didn't know that. I was like, oh, 7 p.m. Okay, dinner. Um, and then I would go over there and uh see how much sex we could have before he inevitably passed passed out. It was like playing the Benadryl Stranger game. But I was gonna say,
0: people. yeah, you made mm-hmm. it a multiplayer game. Good for you. I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not not that the other person would remember uh it actually reminds me a little bit of the end of Shaun of the dead where you know his zombified best friend is in, in the back way and they're playing video games together
1: can i tell it's a single player uh, um, game
0: kind of uh
1: the funniest part about this is the reason that i stopped dating him is he was fucking his neighbor who looked and was the same age as his mother um which we were non-monogamous i'm just like i don't i don't do that shit um yeah. And the reason that we broke up is because uh, Dennis Rodman style, he was drunk and she like dared him to like fuck her as hard as he could. So he like kind of took a running start um, and um, he broke his penis.
0: I was going to say, that sounds like a recipe to break your penis.
1: So he broke his penis. Um, and, yes, boys, you can do that. Uh, yep. It it uh, it splits the um, uh, main big old artery in there. And then they have to go. To fix it, Uh, earmuffs, if you don't want to hear like a horrific, just give me about 20 (laughs) seconds to describe a surgery. What they had to do was cut the skin back from his head and then fix the artery and then pull it back up and stitch all the way around the head. So you know how you get an erection every single morning? Yeah. So imagine you get an erection with stitches both inside your dick and outside your dick. And he described it to me and he cried so hard and i had to leave because it made me laugh um yeah. because that is karma that's what karma looks like when it comes around real quick so
0: and as radiohead has uh, radiohead said you did it to yourself that's yeah. why it really hurts
1: <laughs> <laughs> and when he told me when he told me who it was with like we had pretty open conversations about like yeah. other partners like when he told me and he like my dude, this woman had been following me on Twitter and had been uh-huh. saying snarky comments to me, implying I didn't know that's what was happening. I didn't yeah. know that they were and I was like, you know when it's like the the end of the usual suspects where he's like looking at the bulletin board and you're just like, Oh no, oh no, where's the cripple? Where's the cripple? Yeah. I'm like, I'm looking for the drunk with mommy issues. Um, yeah, jokes on me. Pretty funny.
0: Yeah. And it was Kevin Spacey. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Spacey all along. Uh, (laughs) This is also, I think, you know, we all experience those sort of, I mean, uh, and I know that there there, there are some listeners who might not have been in a sexual or romantic relationship, but this is something uh, I speak to a lot of young people who are afraid of that moment of when it falls apart, whether it's their choice or the other person's choice. So I think we're going to wrap this up the way at the end. At the end of relationships, right? That we spend a lot of time thinking about and obsessing about. We see models in movies for the beginnings of relationships. And when we see movies and media and stuff about the ends of relationships, it's inevitably the bad. (laughs) Yep. Right. So what advice would you give for people, whether it's early in a relationship, whether it's a short-term or long-term relationship, or just a rejection the end of the relationship like what is your advice uh to to listeners out there how to handle that
1: uh as someone who broke up with a good dick as a prison guy and by the way he dumped me at the job that i got for him where he then met his wife who thank god the person that's who he married like that's who he immediately married which like that actually softened the blow a lot because like you know no matter when that person came around, like whoever he was with, he would have dumped them for her no matter Mm -hmm. what. Cause that's just what it's like when you find your person. Right. Yeah. So, and I, by the way, I have no, if, if anybody is listening and they can gather who I'm talking about, uh, who knows me from, I have no ill will towards this person whatsoever. We were both in a fucked up time in our lives and treated each other in a fucked up way. Yeah. (laughs) But a lot of my favorite relaxing rituals were ruined. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, all these things like this is one of those people that had slowly ingratiated themselves in my life where they were basically living with me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of rituals that were ruined. And what I want to say is you don't get those back. And I'm so sorry. Like, I'm really sorry. It's one of the worst parts. And you also, I wish something that we've talked about more is like, you do get kind of biochemically addicted to a person because they yeah. give you a dopamine feedback. They give you oxytocin and you are going to go through physically a kind of withdrawal yeah. And I, there's no, there's no lessening the hurt of that. Um, All I would say is no matter how consuming your relationship is, you have to stay friends with your friends because that's who you're going to need the most in the world. Yeah. And do not become a girlfriend guy or a boyfriend girl and like make it, make your whole life about this partner so that when they dump you, you have no one left. Like, yeah um you're going to have to rebuild god it's so a breakup with someone that you've been with for a long time is so weird because you cannot remember what you did before them for for three weeks four weeks there's like this period of where you're going to get home from work or whatever and you're going to be like what do i do now and Mm -hmm. it's depersonalizing and it's really um Uh, What's that? What's that word? When you kind of leave your it's like kind of an out of body experience. You're going to feel like a ghost following yourself around for a while. And I say that because a friend of mine is a Shambhala Buddhist, my friend Spencer, and he says you got to savor the suck. Right. Like you have to savor when everything's terrible and remember the texture and the feeling and the grief like there is true grief with that. Like, don't let anyone tell you that you're not grieving or it's not a big deal or whatever it is. We have no control over our chemistry, right? Like, so even if this person was really bad for you and made your life really hard, yeah. you might still really want them. And I just want to say, please forgive yourself for whatever you feel and do. And if you find yourself standing outside in your pajamas, vacuuming your front porch, because that feels like something productive, just do it.
0: Yeah. Like, and I think this idea of grieving is a really important one. Um, because you're not just grieving the relationship. You're also grieving like who you, like that version of yourself. Yes. And like the timeline going forward of what that life could have been. And like the last time I had a major breakup was like, I was moving across the country and the relationship was ending. So I'm like in the car driving away and I feel like I'm dying because that version of me and my life has died. Ugh. And so I had to grieve that mat, right? Yeah. And like, that's not an easy thing to do. Yep. Especially when life still keeps coming at you, like rent is yeah. still due, like your or your mortgage has to be paid. You still got to go to work. Like you have to. Pr- you can't just start randomly crying in front of your clients.
1: <laughs> also, right? can we just say that? the worst breakups ever are where neither person did anything wrong. Like it, those literally feel like I just got choked up hearing you talk about that being reminded of like those breakups that hurt so much because no one did anything wrong. Like, yeah. Oh, it does feel like you're dying. It really does.
0: It's because it, 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 uh, so there's anyway, so there's this, uh, one of my favorite sci-fi series is called the, uh, the first book is called the three body problem. Yeah. And like, it's a principle in um, astronomy that you can chart the movement of two bodies around each other, two planetary bodies around each other. You can predict how they're going to move. They enter stable orbits. But if you have three planetary bodies, their movement pattern is inherently chaotic and unstable. And, you are only, you and the other person are two bodies in this relationship, but like everything else, the world, your lives, your work, your family, everything is the third body. So maybe you stay in a stable orbit around each other for a while, but it's not going to last forever. One of you is at worst, at at best, one of you will eventually die, right? Or something else might happen, right? And you might end up too close to that person or too far away. Maybe you burn up in the sun or you're too far away and you freeze to death, right? Yeah. And so that's, you d- You don't know. So I always say, like, enjoy the good times in your relationships while you have them, and when you get spun out into the universe, however that might happen, right? You don't know what's going to happen in the future, so you just need, you grieve that period and you realize you're entering a chaotic era, as they call it, <laughs> it in the book, right? Uh, and chaotic eras are uh, characterized by vastly unstable weather where you, mu- yeah. everybody on the planet, all the water might evaporate and everyone might melt or everyone freezes to death, right? Yeah. You don't know. And, and sometimes they alternate. So, and you don't know how long a chaotic era is going to last. Correct. Right, that like, I have had periods where I've been single for a while. I have times when like another great relationship just sort of like appeared like a fucking Pokemon. I walked around like eight (laughs) steps and then like it (laughs) leaped out of the bushes. I'm like, oh, sweet. Um, So like while you're grieving, take the time you need and then like be kind to both yourself and the other person. This is like a new thing and you're coming around with your baggage and they're coming around along with their baggage. And the goal is to see, like, I think that you, you, you can understand this. Like you'll have your stuff, like all my stuff, fits, like physical stuff fits in my car. I've made my life <laughs> extremely compact purposefully, but like another person might come in with like dressers and like a larger closet and like more than one pair of jeans. <laughs> I I realize I'm unusual in that, in that sense. But, like, that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's just whether or not your stuff sort of goes together. Like, do you like jewel tones? Are they all black and white? Like, see see if it works. And then if it doesn't, like, take your time. Take a breath. Communicate kindly, both to themselves and to yourself. And then when you're ready, move on to the next thing. Like, I have another date later this week, in this new week. Someone knew who, by the way, I thought had ghosted me. Turned out she was just dating someone else for a couple months. It didn't (laughs) work out. And now she's like, hey, you still want to grab a drink? Sorry, I was seeing someone. Yeah. Cool. And you know what? I didn't freak out when that person ghosted me. I was like, oh, that's too bad. They seem pretty cool. Here they are. Life happens. I don't mind. Like, she liked me enough to circle back and like wants to get a drink. Like, great. And I'm gonna walk in, big smile because Pretty much I'm always have a big smile. Even if I want to die, I still have a big <laughs> smile. Um, and I'm going in and I'm going to see what her stuff looks like. <laughs> yep. Right. And whether or not it works with mine. And um, that's, I think, about all we can do. I think people make it more complicated sometimes
1: well, I, than, I think than it people, has to be. Right. Everybody wants there to be everybody wants simple answers, right? Like no one, no one likes to admit like with my, you know, my line cook disaster, man, like I, it took me a long time to take responsibility for everything that I did wrong in that relationship. Right. Which is like letting myself get to a place where I was just accepting that kind of bare minimum. And when I think back on that relationship, even though we, uh, I truly believe that you uh, teach people how to treat you right. To, to borrow an old Oprahism. Mm-hmm. And by saying one thing and then reacting in a different way, I trained this man to lie to me, basically. Yeah. Right. Like I said, like, oh, you can just tell me anything. And the first time he like actually, I was like, ah, like, you know, starting a huge <laughs> fight over it. Right. So like oh, God. you do you do yeah. train people how to behave in your relationships. And what I just want to say is like, it's very rare, you know, outside of abusive situations it's very rare for it to be a hundred percent and zero percent fault to use our civil liability percentages right (laughs) but like you know take some responsibility for for you know own own the parts that you should own in in your relationship failures right like did you did you did you ask for all the things that were not that did you did you request all the needs that were not met like you know did you emotionally blackmail each other did you guilt each other did you do silent treatment like you know were you were you mature were you immature yeah um and then all you can do is just be better for the next person and one of the hardest things is knowing that if you could go back and do x y or z thing that you could be with this person that you still really love and i'm so so sorry that you can't nobody's sorrier than me trust me but yeah move on and you and you get better
0: yeah and it so yeah, I, I 100% agree with all of that. And, like, it's hard asking for what you want. Yeah, it really is. Because it risks the person saying no. Yep. Or saying yes, but not meaning it. Yeah. yeah. Right? Which sometimes hurts worse, right? It really does. It really does. Yeah. But, like, we can't read each other's minds. And if you're in a good relationship, you can to some extent. You learn the other person, but never perfectly. It's always imperfect. And if the other person isn't giving you what you want, you're going to have to ask for it. Yep. And then you have to see if that person can actually give it to you. Even if sometimes they won't be able to, despite their best efforts, they're just not the person to do that. Then you have to decide, do I actually, is this a red line for me is this something that's absolutely required or is this something that i can find somewhere else this is another thing i think we put too much on making our romantic relationships everything as opposed to just one piece of a happy life like that's why having a friend is a great thing not like a (laughs) consolation prize it's like often there are some like there are definitely some things i thought i needed in a romantic partner that i can just get from other people yep right like for example Someone to watch, you know, ridiculous Marvel movies with. This is not an issue. People are just like, I need someone who like a nerd out with nerdy things with me. I'm just like, mm, that's not really an essential part of a relationship. It's yeah. like liking the same books or shit like that. Like, yeah, you don't have to. We can see movies separately or I can I can go see. By the way, I went and I um, humored one girlfriend in middle school and saw the Spice World movie with her twice. Fucking and- slaps, dude. And it's a fucking great-ass movie. It's a fucking great movie. (laughs) Yeah. And if I hadn't been like, okay, you know, I'll take you to see this movie twice in one week. And then the second time, I was like, fuck yeah, let's see it.
1: (laughs) And then Um, you watch it again as an adult and you realize how many jokes are in it and you're like, whoa, okay.
0: Yeah. Titanic twice was harder. Um, (laughs) That was much more of a slog. Um, But like... And, you, and you'll see, like, and if that person can't give it to you, it's like, do I really need them to be able to enjoy this with me? Can I, or can I get this from someone, from somewhere else? What do I really need? What's like, what, what are my, like, what are my re- job requirements versus my preferences?
1: We should right? do, we should do a whole separate episode about fuck buddies because I have a lot of opinions about that. Uh, but, okay. but I, uh, I've never felt more alone than when I was in a relationship with somebody who didn't get me but took up a lot of my time. And there are so many, especially young people out in the world who think that being alone or not being with somebody is going to be worse than however you feel with with this person. And I'm God damn it, I'm just begging every young woman and and man on the planet mm-hmm. just like, it's so being single so fucking awesome like being single so fucking awesome if you put the time and energy into like making a life that just rules just like when when someone wants to date me they are up against a lot of competition Mm -hmm. and which is great because like like my boyfriend now um you know he kicked the fucking door down he was like Hey, hi, nice to meet you. Um, I'm going to rock your world in a way that feels um, respectful and like I'm listening. Uh, And my life was really, really, really busy at the time. And there was just a magnetism there that made me make the time for him. And Mm -hmm. which is the last piece of advice that I'm going to leave everybody on, which is if they wanted to, they would. If they Mm -hmm. wanted to, they would. If you are upset that your partner's not giving you flowers, you need to dump them because someone would.
0: Or tell them, hey, I want flowers. And if they still don't do it,
1: yeah, then they, yeah, well, yeah, dump them then dump them, don't. and find
0: someone yeah. who will. Like, yeah. when you communicate your needs, like, this is something I need. And it's okay. You can need flowers. That's fine. Yeah. There's someone out there. There are so many people in the world.
1: There are so many people. Oh, my God. There are, there are so many people.
0: There are so many people in the world. Not all of them suck. Yeah. Um. And the thing is, someone who might suck for you might be perfect for someone else. Yep. So, like... If they are not the one for you, let them go. Let them, you know, wander off and find find the right person who fucking hates flowers. <laughs> right? Um, she's just like, I have a pollen allergy. And they're like, yes, I have found my person. Yeah. And like, in the meantime, enjoy your life. Because yeah. there is nothing more attractive. There's the saying like in, in therapy, like a rising, unlike in the economy, a rising tide really does lift all boats that when people do better in one part of their life, they tend to do better at every part of their lives. And so like work on making your life awesome. Yeah. And the better your life gets, the easier relationships will be.
1: Yes. Oh my God. The better and more fulfilling your life is the easier it is to just let go of anything that isn't serving you, but especially relationships. I'm sorry. Especially if you date straight men. Uh. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Sorry about that guys. Uh, <laughs> It's true. But speaking of things that lift my boat. <laughs> tell me a little bit about metal, honey. Yeah. Uh, so, like rocking the sweatshirt.
1: Yeah. So I, I still need to put your mom's package in the mail. Um, okay. I'm trying to take Mondays off, but then it's like Mondays are the days when I get all my orders in from the weekend. So I don't know. I'm still figuring it out. But yeah. Um, yeah, metalhoney.com. You can also go to um, dollypopgloss.com if you want to find mm-hmm. some like cute little lip glosses that are really fun. Um, I'm putting some Get ready for the summer. You know, have yeah. a little
0: a cute cute new look. And Sun-kay. lips, by the way.
1: Yeah. Uh, lips are hot. And, lips are and, hot. Yeah. And then um, you can get your hot honey at metalhoney.com. So there you go. What about you? <laughs> Where can they find you?
0: Uh, you... At Perps Do, find us on Twitter. Drop us a line. Let us know your dating successes, failures, mishaps, funny stories. Did you get headbutted during sex and got a massive nosebleed and everyone started laughing? Well, the two of you—you're the two people there. Uh, I have. So if you have a funny story like that, that was actually like kind of romantic, weirdly, because you know I thought it was funny, and if she didn't think it was funny, we're going to have a problem. Yeah. Um, uh, so you can go there. You can find us on Facebook. You know, like, subscribe, share. Uh, if you have something you want us to cover, please let us know. Um, and also we're going to be gearing up for another AMA soon. Um, we are, we are also on the lookout. We're going to be having an expert on, uh, a lawyer who works for a hospital on, on a special episode soon. So if you have any questions about either, um, the medical industry or the legal side of medicine, please ask us a question um, so we can add that to our AMA for her. Um, That will make our lives easier. So you'll do the work for us. Thank you, (laughs) listeners. (laughs) Uh, But that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, This has been the Perpetual Stew. I'm Matthew Goodman. I'm Sarah Merle. And until next time, stay curious. Bye.